You're listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 96. And we are here at CrossFit Roots. We are in CrossFit Roots. Like in we are there. looking out at the scenery. The lovely scenery of CrossFit Roots. Of and we are here with, uh, with Nicole and Tree. More Hi. importantly. Hi. 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 Um, so we, uh, Nicole Christensen, what episode was she on? Do you know? Did you look uh, that up? Before 80 you something. Over I can do that right now while you're talking. So <laughs> that would have been an inter- a good could a pre-episode yeah, it would have been. Um, organizational skill and Shree Chan. So we are so excited to talk to you guys. Yay. Excited to be here. Episode Yay. 81 was Nicole's episode. 81. episode. That awesome. was fast. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I'm like, Good job. Job. I'm a great yeah. producer slash <laughs> everything else. Sound mixer. Slash everything else. Yeah. Pre- if I have a fault, which I obviously don't, it's modesty. It's modesty. I'm like <laughs> the Kanye <laughs> West of modesty. So can we start with cross- <laughs> what we like to call called CrossFit testimonial time. <laughs> yeah. Did Would you, you ever like, go to like youth group as a yeah. young child and you'd like get up and give your, your testimony about how you found Christ? Yeah. This is the testimony about how you found CrossFit. Yeah. <gasps> Similar letters. Similar letters. Different stuff. Different experience. Sometimes not a different experience. Right. You were in a dark place and CrossFit brought you out of it. Yeah. Spiritual kind of experience. Yeah. Spiritual awakening. But anyway. Go for it, lady. <laughs> I get to go first. Yes. How did I, this is how I found Christ. This will be the rest of the podcast. Well, <laughs> And my drop. Everyone Christ else. Fit. And <laughs> someone's gonna religion-wise. Right I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we guess we won't go there. I found CrossFit through my husband. He actually found it in the fire department and uh, said, "Hey, I saw these girls online doing a hundred pull-ups, and I saw the video, but I don't think it's real." Because <laughs> he I've doesn't believe my own eyes any videos it. are real, no matter the videos I show them. They're all fake. They've all been doctored. Yeah. Uh, the, clearly, that was over like a period of like you know twenty days. Yeah, they just kept cutting sure. the film, oh, yeah. and it was just the exact same time and angle. So and exactly. So let's go try it. And I was like, sure, cool, thirty muscles per time, no problem. What's a muscle up? So I don't think if my husband was like, I want you to do hundred pull ups. I'd be like, yeah, cool. I'd be like, you're on crack, <laughs> and I'm gonna go eat some ice cream. <laughs> well, we we have a long history of doing physical things together, which challenge each other. So that yeah. was, for us, that wasn't abnormal. And um, yeah, 30 muscles for time. We did 120 pull-ups and 120 dips in a global gym. It was a 24-hour fitness on Colorado Street. Uh, the one down by 25 in Colorado. Colorado Alameda. Uh, yes. I used to teach at that one. Yep. <laughs> I and used to teach spin classes. Oh my gosh. I walked up to the front desk with bloody hands. And they probably kicked you out. They're like, no bleeding in here. They're like, we don't know what she's doing. But here (laughs) you go. They were scared of us. And uh, (laughs) that was our first workout. And we, I was like, this, that was fun. It's a pretty intense first workout. It was. Was it 10 rounds or 12 rounds of 10 and 10? Nope. We did 120 pull-ups and then we did 120 dips. Wow. Wow. Because we didn't know anything. It was 2007, April of 2007. Wow. There you go. Didn't stop. And, and from that experience, yeah, you thought, you man, like, I want to keep hooked. doing this. I'm I did. This. Could you, how long did it take before you could use Strange. your arms again? There was a good six months <laughs> of, <laughs> of waking up. Like I was just recanting this the other night. Like I haven't had this experience in a long time. And maybe you, I need to know if you've had this before. <laughs> six straight months. I would wake up in the middle of the night in severe pain somewhere After on my body. I didn't know, you didn't know where it was going to be or what it was going to be, but it's was like, <laughs> oh my God, Matt, Matt, my legs, they hurt really bad. He's like, shut up. It's two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Why do they hurt so bad? I shut up. Go back to bed. <laughs> Six months of that. That's so sensitive of him. Yeah. You were really weak. 
I was really weak. <laughs> Especially in my legs. My arms not so much, but my legs I was. I That's, That's right. My first workout ever was just Tabata air squats. That was at one round oh, nice. of Tabata air squats. It took me three days to be able to walk upstairs again. How about the pooping? Yeah, but like it was. Yeah, in my, yeah. we had we had a pedestal sink, and it was yeah. like I thought I was going to bring it out of the wall every time I sat down on the toilet. Let me just hold the, on. After to it. we had did girls got our ex this year, it was like oh, yeah. squats and thrusters, and anyway, I I, I went I to fell. snooze the next day and went into the yeah. handicap stall because I was like, I'm going to need the bar. <laughs> I fell onto the toilet. Like <laughs> fell down. What did was it? Who was it? Was it you? Lower. They called it the toilet trust fall. No, oh, it was yeah. um Steph from Stupid Easy Paleo. Yes. The, uh, toilet, the toilet trust toilet fall. Trust fall. Because oh you're just like. <laughs> <laughs> go for it yeah i hope i land and nothing breaks yeah i don't land wow. in the toilet yeah <laughs> it's your turn nicole how did you find christ fit <laughs> well let's see actually there is a funny story behind it a little bit but not anything that uh more i well i'll just tell a story uh so <laughs> i when i was in college around like 2000 three somewhere around there uh, I was I swam and in the summer I came home and I was I was kind of weak like lifting wise so I went to this gym called Gold's Gym and they set me up with a personal trainer <clears throat> and the personal trainer uh, we, we did really fun workouts it was really awesome it was different it wasn't just like you know on the machines and stuff and he, and when I was leaving he's like yeah you have to check out this thing called CrossFit and I was like ah, okay whatever so two years go by and I kept talking to him or whatever and he's like I'll try CrossFit I'm like yeah whatever then I went to grad school and that was the first time that I looked it up <clears throat> and it was too hard Philadelphia had one CrossFit at the time and so finally when I got back to Boulder I was working with this guy and he said oh there's this CrossFit that opened in downtown Boulder I'm gonna go check it out and so we went and you're like you know what CrossFit is Right. Well, then we got married, so it worked out well. Um, I love how the last time you were on the podcast, you kept saying, like, my boyfriend at the time. We're like, Are you, is that your husband? Like, you, you kept referring to my boyfriend at the time. My mom said like, the same thing. How many thing? boyfriends yeah. did you have? I was like, well, I was trying to be clear about who I was talking about. Uh, yeah. Just so. Use, you can just use his name. Yeah. yeah. So Eric, Eric and I, <clears throat> we went to the CrossFit uh, here. It was called Boulder CrossFit at the time. It's closed. It closed down. It was in this old church funny <laughs> basketball court and uh we went and the first workout that we ever did was elizabeth was it on baseline and 55th no it oh, was okay. on Not spruce that. and 15th okay it was right Not downtown and we did elizabeth and i finished it in like three minutes i did i think i did handstand push-ups on a box or i did them with the dumbbells or something and it really wasn't that challenging because you know it was scale. I, I thought did it was like easy. My first well, I did like forty-five pound deadlifts. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. And uh, so you did Diane. I mean, that's what I meant. I not Elizabeth. Yeah, I was very confused. So yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he's like, and uh, huh. and we left, and I was like, yeah, I don't know about it. And Eric was like, well, we should go back again. And then the next day was harder and harder, and you know, whatever. But funny story is, is that the personal trainer I was working with happened to be Rudy Nielsen, who ended up starting oh, outlaw right, right, yeah. right. programming and crossfit that. and all that stuff so it was kind of that full circle thing of did he beat having, you what's that in workouts you heard me Shreen's face just said don't make me repeat that question yeah. <laughs> that was spontaneous got it be repeated um so no i don't, I don't do that not but um yeah so it was kind of funny anyways, anyways that's how i found it yeah so, so, so here then, we are and so here we are from and that was, you know, just, that was the end of the, the, find, the finding CrossFit story. So how did you get from there to here? 
we literally in a nutshell did <laughs> yeah. crossfit every day for the last maybe eight that's years how you were sore for six then. months yeah pretty much because no, you didn't take any rest, no rest days, days? <laughs> did you start that, oh Shari? no hashtag see we talked about this no last time yeah that's i talked about silly. last thank you <laughs> says the person who just said she did crossfit every, every day single for day yeah no we did we took rest days but our rest <laughs> day we matt and i were really big into climbing back then so we would usually take uh saturday and sunday and go climbing and then we would try to there was nowhere to do a crossfit workout after you went outside for a day right there were no gyms open or anything like that you could do it so we would usually take two days off a week but if you can consider two full days of climbing as two days off right that it's yes. a active recovery yeah, if you yeah. Will. really yeah. active yeah yes but <laughs> i don't know why it just there was something about it that like you just wanted to be there every day yeah i mean i had looked at personal trainers too like nicole had and I'd always been like, well, I want to be a good biker and a good climber. And they were always like, you got to pick one or the other. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why can't my whole body be fit? Why does my upper body or my lower body have to be fit? Yeah. I just don't get that. Yeah. Um, so I knew I was looking for something and so was Matt, but we didn't know what it was until we found it. How did you get into climbing and biking? Oh my. Well, those are two different stories. <laughs> uh, I feel like we just asked a loaded question. The climbing like one is a fun story though, because Matt and I were friends. Uh, we were literally just pals around the pals that's such a weird word <laughs> around the ski resort chums yeah we were chums he was in college i was not um were you out of college or you just didn't go to college i'm a lot older than him <laughs> i'm not a lot older than him but anyway you just mean that sound a lot creepier in, than i think yeah, he really is. well he is cute and young um <laughs> anyways he came up to my door one day when we were friends and he knocked on it he had a how how to climb book in his hand <laughs> From one of those Falcon books. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my husband owns that book. Yep. And yep. he said, I bought this today. Want to learn how to climb? And I said, that sounds like a blast. Where were you living? We were living in Winter Park. Oh, okay. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go buy a rope and uh, let's figure this out. That was in 2000. Wow. 15 years ago. I said, yes. And yeah, that and turned into a lot yes. of other things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> But yes, he taught us out of a book. How fun is that? That is so funny. That's kind of awesome. Actually. Outside that too. Says yeah. so much about awesome. the two of you. I think you. the knots go here. <laughs> exactly. I knew where the nuts went, but the other things the I have trouble with. The nuts. <laughs> Jeez. Subtle but important difference. Well, you know that the, <sighs> there are nuts in climbing. I no. <laughs> Whatever. <clears throat> Jam them in. Anyways. Anyways, yes. He actually, just to be clear, he did find a mentor for climbing, and we did learn proper ways. We didn't just go we out there and hope for the best. just go off of the book, but in the beginning, we did until we realized how stupid that was. Hey, I mean, you know, the it's book like, probably, at least, it wasn't like just some, you know, drunk 20-year-old being like, all right, man, because I'm pretty sure that's actually how my husband learned to climb. Well, yeah. and it's kind of reflective of when you learn a lot of different sports. Totally. I mean, we learned CrossFit, it wasn't. It wasn't quite a perfect learning curve. Like you weren't right. doing elements. You right. Doing there was like no elements. That didn't there exist. Was no, yeah. yeah. So you just kind of <laughs> that did not exist. walked right in. And totally. Which is funny because we all sort of like talk trash about people who just walk in and think they can do it. But we all did that. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Come on. Exactly what we did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember too. I mean, I guess, yeah, there was the addictive to the workout type thing and the gym followed the main site, so we were always waiting at 6 o'clock the night before to see what the workout was. Refresh. Refresh. But it was also more just getting obsessed with the website, like reading every article Big and reading. Time. And it's interesting because we actually did a survey at our gym not long ago, 
and we were, we got kind of asked like what websites do you check in relation to crossfit and really only like 20 percent of our members even go, go to the there. website and then yeah. some of them didn't even know what it was and it wasn't a bad thing but <clears throat> that was kind of the it. mothership more so in terms of everyday check-in than i think it is now for a lot of affiliates and that's great in a lot of ways because you've got your website and your content and things like that but yeah i i read a lot of articles and watched a lot of videos that little tiny video that's still up there sometimes you know it's a little grainy yeah doesn't get very large <laughs> that was your main source Black of inspiration yep keeping it og totally yeah. it was fun yeah but i don't do that anymore yeah <laughs> you'd wait and wait for articles to come out read them like right just, away yeah you just consume them like they were dessert totally but we don't eat dessert but anyways <laughs> It's true. So this is a funny story. Can you I think that? it's funny. The first time, Shree, that I ever met you, you told me that you didn't eat dessert. And so then we had a long mm-hmm. conversation about what you would put in a pinata. Oh. And we decided gravy. Sounds gravy. like a conversation yeah. I would have. Yeah. I was like talking about, you asked me where I, this is at my level one. You said, yes, like where in Denver did I live? And I said I live by, on Federal by the pinata store. And everyone and knows. I told you about the Christmas pinatas, I everybody bet. Everybody knows the pinata store. So everyone like, knows that pinata store. Yeah, and you yeah. were like, but I don't eat candy anymore, so what am I going to do with a pinata? And I was like, well, you could fill it with gravy because mm-hmm. everyone loves gravy. Yeah. And then I think you were like, I'm going to go talk to the next yeah. person in line because this chick is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> We've told well, that story a couple times. We <laughs> actually have hey. had a pinata at the Chan Christmas for multiple years in a row. What do you fill it with, though? Um, games and things. Uh. Oh. Mm-hmm. But we're the only ones that don't eat candy, though, in the family. That's fair. There's other people. You can fill it like those little Christmas poppers that have little paper crowns. Mm-hmm. Those are so I fun. opened a package of M&M's today. Not real M&M's. Confessions? No, this is interesting. <laughs> this is the confession. I actually time. have it right there. Somebody, not one re- of our members dropped off a box of... Fake M&M's? Well, they're like organic M&M's. Oh, totally not fake M&M's. M&M's. And they dropped off a box of them. And I had just eaten my lunch. And I knew I was a block short on carbohydrate. And I was like, oh, I'm going to open this up and see what I can have. And, well, no, I, I was actually surprised. So, okay, so guess. One bag of M&M's, organic M&M's. How what many does blocks that mean? Of, can you please define the terms you're using? I don't know, it's using? not M&M's. What is an know? organic it's a, M&M? a chocolate, candy-coated, candy-coated thing. Dark what do you chocolate. think of anything organic? I think there's no pesticides to grow the plant that yeah, it made no it. Yeah, there's no pesticides in the chocolate. Okay, go with that. So, <laughs> yes. so it's organic. how sure. many blocks of mm-hmm. carbohydrate do you think were in one bag of M&M's? This surprised me. How big is the bag? That's the real question. It's like this. <laughs> okay, so it's like, a regular, like a like, an original small bag of M&M's. Yeah, like the, the yeah. Like 56. The, 56 what? Grams, Grams of, carbohydrate. of carbohydrate. So six blocks. Okay. Uh, 29. Okay. 72. Mm, 26 grams of carbohydrate. I was shocked. What? I win. Winner, winner. Well, I was shocked. Dinner. Now, if M&Ms you. I win? Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, I have a Great. box for you. Perfect. Dark chocolate or raspberry chocolate? They're organic. Mm-hmm. And they're organic. No <laughs> pesticides. Awesome. Anyways. No Maybe. pesticides on your M&Ms. <laughs> I do not. That means they're healthy, though. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Doesn't of course count. it does. Organic yeah. equals healthy. Just like mm-hmm. gluten-free equals healthy. Yeah. yeah. It's yep. natural. Just yeah. like plutonium. That's good. Hmm. I had somebody with, I used to do grocery store demos in Whole Foods. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And people would, and all the time you'd have organic things. Great. And people would come by and I, they'd say, is there sugar in here? I'd be like, well, but it's organic. And because right. as if that makes a difference. And this one guy goes, that just means it's organic cancer. I was like, okay, <laughs> why did you even come over here? Wah, I'm like, wah. I'm like 90 Wait, was, I'd be demoing like cookies. Have you seen the Jimmy Kimmel thing where he convinces people that like juice is like this organic pesticide free 
like no, re- no oh my god okay you have to look it up okay long story short <laughs> he basically takes kool-aid and puts it in you know makes the kool-aid or whatever and yeah. then tells people that it's like this guava whatever right from Nectar the amazon the it's gonna make you lose weight all this stuff and he goes to a farmer's market and he's just telling <laughs> me, and people are like oh yeah oh this is and not very much sugar i can tell and it's literally just <laughs> pure sugar in a it's so funny it's just, you have to look it up i'm pretty sure it's jimmy Kimmel. That's awesome. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I would get that. Like, I'd have people come over. I'd be done with like crackers. They like, I'd have the box right there. It's a like whole grain crackers. People come and be like, "Does that have gluten in it?" Be like, grain. Well, it's whole grain. Hello, grain. Yeah, and they'd be like, mm, I, "I don't can't do eat that. gluten." No, they'd say, "I don't oh, do." Gluten. I don't do gluten. And mm. I was like, "So you just can't? You knew this had gluten in it? You just came over here to tell me to announce that, that you don't." It's a status do. symbol. Yeah, yeah, it was so weird. Trey Creek Whole Foods. That's why I'm ahead of it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. gluten intolerant for years. Yeah. <laughs> I know you have. You have. You are the one that set the trend, my friend. <laughs> totally. Way to go. I was gluten intolerant before it was cool. All you had to do is have a disease. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Lose my hair. Yeah. All that stuff. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Wow. I, I, I had I had maybe a more. I had I don't have the intolerance. I have the autoimmune side right, of like stuff, the celiac. So. I had a yeah. friend who like had to drop out of college. They thought he had cancer. Mm-hmm. Turns out he was just celiac. I got the cancer thing. Mm. Yep. Well, we're gonna check your. Uh, we're gonna do a colonoscopy and endoscopy for cancer. I'm like, great. Yeah, All yeah, right. Yeah, that then. doesn't fill me with fear. Well, good thing it's just gluten then. True. Yeah. Okay. So let's turn this around. <laughs> talk about. Not we want to pooping. <laughs> you want to talk about pooping? Because no, we had a whole episode know. about poop. I once, know. Actually. I listened to it. Yeah, it's great. We had yeah. a dietitian on, and it's awesome. She loves. So if you poop. need to talk about poop, you absolutely can. <laughs> nope, shaking her head. So <laughs> I w- talk a little bit about being gym owners, and you had CrossFit Verve for a while, yes. Yep, for yeah. six years we sold yeah. it last October. Yeah. We actually to had some great Courtney Shepard yeah, on the podcast Courtney last on. week. Yep, to mm-hmm. Courtney and Eric. They're she's amazing. Ho- yeah. She's a hoot. She is so talk funny. about some laughs. You're gonna get them out of her. So funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. She sang a vast majority of the podcast. Yeah. Did you say she was sane? Because that is no. not no. always no. a good event. No. Singing. She was singing. singing. I knew what she said. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm singing. What's the rest of the how's the rest that go? I'm something something, and it's from Elf. Oh, I know what you're talking about, yeah. but I don't know the words. I'm yeah. da mm-hmm. and I'm singing. <laughs> okay. Whoop. So, okay. So how long did you own Verve for? Six years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was that like? Uh, well, whew, really? How deep you want to get? Let's <laughs> <laughs> talk about <laughs> Dirty secrets. Yeah, dirty secrets. Get all over. Um, hmm. Matt and I had a life crisis where we were faced with deciding what we want to do with the rest of our lives. He, uh, we lost a daughter back in 2007. Oh, wow. And we kind of looked at each other and he was really unhappy with his job. And I wasn't necessarily unhappy with my job, but I didn't feel like I could walk back into the doors. I don't know why, but I just. What were you doing at the time? Uh, we were both working at Winter Park, uh, Ski Resort, which is a fabulous place to work. They were amazing to us. Uh, it was just the job wasn't a fit. I was their human resource manager and he was one of their IT guys. And, uh, so. <laughs> He decided to be a fireman and uh, got on to North Metro Fire Department actually relatively quickly for what that process is about so that we were pretty impressed where I was. I don't know if he was. <laughs> and I started going back to school. I decided to be a nurse um, because, quite frankly, the nurses that I had had uh, in my hospital stay, which was about two weeks, 
with our daughter were amazing. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of inspired me to try to find something in my life that actually helped people. Yeah. And so that started my quest of, Hey, I just, I need to help people somehow, somewhere, like a lot of things are going on in the world and I need to figure out that person. Cause I had spent the last almost 30 years being very selfish and traveling around the world and doing whatever I wanted to do. And mm -hmm. I think I'd run the course of that. And so I went back to school, uh, actually got a job at Children's Hospital. Uh, I got my EMT, was a tech there, and that's when Matt had come to me with the workout, 30 muscles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so we would, had already kind of been on the path of changing our careers at that point, figuring out what we wanted to do. So you're kind of open to new options already. Yeah, but I had definitely had never thought I would be training people. Like, that wasn't mm -hmm. really in my mind. Uh, we had joined an affiliate at this point. Uh, we were there for a little over a year. We moved away from where we were living and there was no affiliate in the north end of Denver. And we were like, well, we could just start having people over and see what happens because really it was selfish. Like I wanted a gym to work out at because it had been such a huge year of my life. Um, it had changed me dramatically in that year and I just didn't want to give it up. Mm -hmm. So it was really more driven out of I don't want to let go of this thing that I found and a little bit less of let's open a business. Yeah. And we started in our garage and went out to the park and we had five locations before it's in the location it's in <laughs> right now. Hauled Jim in the back of our truck on a daily basis. Almost got a divorce twice. <laughs> um, <laughs> in the midst of that, lost another child. And it was an amazing, crazy six years and it made us very, wow. very strong. And our relationship wouldn't be where it is now without all those experiences. So it was a great, great choice. We learned a ton mm -hmm. uh, doing it. And I'm grateful that I was selfish enough to need a gym to work out at. Yeah. And now <laughs> it's just kind of what it was. <laughs> yeah. So what is the, talk about a little bit about the process of helping people and like what that, what you see now when you're giving to people in CrossFit. Well, when I was on the oncology floor at Children's, I saw a lot of despair and a lot of things that were not helping. And I didn't, they do a lot of wonderful things. I don't mean anything negative by that. But sure. for what my skill set was, yeah. I was like, I... Right, it's a lot of tragedy going on. Yeah, their life needs to be fulfilled in a way that doesn't include medicine and quarantine. Like there, there's got to be a bigger piece that's going to almost be a lot more spiritual. And that's what got me into wanting to help people start working out. And since then, like, I, geez, I mean, pick the story, right, Nicole? I mean, there's... Well, when we were talking to Courtney last week, she was talking about every time at Level 1, what keeps her alive and doing that is the story. She's like, everyone has their CrossFit testimonial. Yeah, person like, I don't have to like, take diabetes medication yeah. anymore. I just lost 100 pounds. Or She's like, oh, my gosh, it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. So my guess is you have like a million of those to choose from. <laughs> mm -hmm. And they're not really all a product of anything that I've done. It's just the environments of which I've been in and lucky enough to be around people. Well, and also and able to feel like you're part of it in like a bigger way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you're part of CrossFit and so that you're part of whatever their CrossFit experience is. It's definitely amazing to feel a part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah, and I absolutely. think that's probably the biggest thing that draws people to CrossFit. Yeah. And then because of that, being a part of something you now have the tools and the ability to change your physical experience just as though it has changed your mental experience in life. Yeah. yeah. So that's probably the biggest thing for me. It's just now I'm addicted to it, like helping people. Like I can't imagine doing a job that didn't somehow 
impact people's lives positively. Like I, I think I would be depressed on a daily basis. Yeah. It's a true addiction. Right. Yeah. Where you weren't like interacting with people on that level. Mm-hmm. Well, and you have a lot of just like not even, I mean, as a coach, you're, you know, you're interacting with people one-on-one, but also as a level one or as this, you know, a staff member of like the seminar staff, you kind of get that on another level too. Cause then like you're able to kind of, you know, it's like you're yet another level up. Like I'm helping the people who are going to help the people. Does that make sense? Yeah. And know. so we like look at cool. our bosses as the ones that are helping the people, help the people, help the people who help the people. Yeah. And then you're like, just too oh, wait a minute. But wait I just mean like, second. you know, you, I feel like that would be even more like meaningful. Cause you could be like, what I'm doing is going to like help you help so many other people instead of just one-to-one. Yeah. No, I think they're equally meaningful. Really? Yes. Yeah. Like right. more. There's so many. I don't think there's levels of how you can help people. I think. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's like if you can inspire one person to go help more people, that's pretty freaking amazing. But if you're the one out in the fields, like helping that one person, helping that one person, like that's just as amazing. Like there's totally. no degree of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go ahead. Oh, so then what made you guys decide to uh, sell Verve? Because you guys um, like packed up everything you owned and lived in a trailer for a while, right? Yeah, that's what happens when you forget about balance of life. <laughs> um, okay. The yeah. pendulum swings to the other side and yeah. everything blows up. <laughs> And, and you, you do things an like sell your house, live in an Airstream and sell your gym, your business. That's the, that's the result of working seven days a week for years. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. And it was a great time. We had a blast, but I don't recommend, uh, as a business owner, pushing yourself to that point, that's fair. uh, because I, I recommend instead setting some goals that allow you to like have your own time. Because one of the things that fueled Matt and I as just human beings and why we fell in love with each other is because we spent half of our week outdoors together totally and then we spend five years not going outdoors yeah yeah and so you don't want that to be you don't want to end up at the end of your life and you'd be like i worked a lot that was fun yeah you know and so that was what fueled the decision is we just needed more balance i was sitting here talking to people in my office all the time about how to create life balance so that they could prioritize food prioritize their workouts and i wasn't doing that for myself yeah yeah. You know. that's, and that's something that Brandon and I have like the recreation we went we were raft guides Brandon was a big climber we were skiers he was on ski patrol and then we moved to Denver and it was like we found CrossFit kind of as a way to replace that because we weren't living or we could just go out and you know go climb 20 minutes away anymore but we definitely have had a lot of moments where we look at each other and they're like the whole reason we got into this was to get stronger for those activities and we haven't you know we haven't been climbing in a year and a half like what's the point you know where at that point it's like are you just crossfitting to CrossFit and in which case are you going to be competitive or is, are you doing this to like, you know, what is the, what is like the other, what's we're looking for? Purpose. Well, it definitely Purpose. sustains your health. Yeah, true. For sure. And your I mean, like, there's health. definitely a lot to say for like CrossFit yeah. for the sake of CrossFit. But if you get into it with that motivation of like, oh, I'm, you know, I love doing all these other things. So I'm going to do this to help keep my body healthy while I can't do those things. And then right. those things fall away. At some point you're kind of like, wait a minute. Where did that go? That was fun. The outdoor stuff was more spiritual for me. The The indoor stuff is more physical health for me. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Without both of them, I just am not complete. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is what ended up. I mean, Nicole knew me then. I was a lunatic when I was running the gym and working for HQ full time. And I just didn't, I didn't have a sense of self anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So what was the most fun experience you had in the year you're living in a trailer? My husband electrocuting me and my dogs. That doesn't sound like fun. It was <laughs> so fun. awesome. <laughs> Go on. That was fun. <laughs> I, I feel fun? like there's a wait. I feel like yeah. No, I, feel like I, I need more. <laughs> I need more information. 
I need more information. Anybody who's ever lived in a tiny house or an Airstream understands that you need to be a lot of things to live in one of those things. <laughs> um, all of which my husband and I are not. Uh, we are not handy. We're not electricians. We're, you know, we can't, we can't even build a box. Completely the opposite of Nicole's husband is us. <laughs> and it, things go wrong all the time. The shower doesn't work. The airstream gets electrified like you just you don't know what to do (laughs) so you tell your wife go test it and see if it's still electrified (laughs) okay honey (laughs) let me touch a metal box that we think is full of electricity (laughs) to diffuse the electricity (laughs) just go out into your body it's a great idea let me try that and the dogs well, the dogs actually are the ones that notified us that it was oh, the electric no. because they went to go inside and they both went up and <laughs> shot backwards like 10 feet. Oh. We were like, there's clearly something wrong with the airstream. <laughs> Alert. <laughs> Alert. There's clearly something wrong. That's not normal. <laughs> they don't usually do oh, they're that. They're not supposed to fly out like that? <laughs> so, the first thing man says is, go touch it. <laughs> Clearly. It's amazing you guys survived. Like, literally survived. Like, period? Yeah. Yeah. Like, literally didn't die. We we went on a, we went, we went with them in, in, uh, on a trip, and when they hook up the truck to the Airstream, whatever, Eric goes and he does it, and Sheree comes up to you, and she's like, the first time Matt and I had to do that, it took us six hours. It's true. (laughs) Eric is very handy. Not, I mean. And I remember thinking that. Wow, how did you guys? Because it's a process to set that thing up and then to put it back together. I mean, your your time had to just get better and better over a year. Oh, we were amazing by the end. Of the I year. know we it were, was. We were like, bam, done. Okay, let's PR. move on. In the beginning, it was a lot of fighting. No, go left. What does left mean? Left means left. But your left or my left? <laughs> Trailer left or car left? Oh, oh I'd love to be a fly on that wall. <laughs> That is hilarious. I also, I, and I feel like I'm talking too much. We need to bring Nicole into this conversation. <laughs> no, but this my is other entertaining. Favorite parts of our trip was the first month we were on it. Oh gosh, we lived in a dodgy, dodgy trailer park in Vegas because we wanted to climb at Red Rocks, and it was supposed to be good weather there. And I thought we were now trailer park trash, and <laughs> our life was over. And this is now who we were. <laughs> Just, and I just I'm just gonna a, that was just something that you surrender you yep, I gotta surrender to the fact that I'm gonna live in a trailer mm-hmm. in the dirt mm-hmm. around filth I'm sorry people of the trailer park in Vegas but it was not a nice trailer park it wasn't the fancy ones it was disgusting <laughs> lots of gambling problems drugs alcohol really in Vegas I never would have guessed that so I know weird. right <laughs> and we had to live there for a month I was gonna die Ugh. Yeah, you couldn't just. You should write a book. Get on your house and wheels and wheel away. Yeah. Well, our full-time job required plane tickets be purchased in advance oh. from certain airports. So you were still. So we this were was chasing... really a simple trip that they designed. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite simple. So we were chasing airports, is what we were doing. Interesting. Like, Shit, we got to be in Portland tomorrow. We're in Vancouver. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Are they close? Let's get a map out. Pack it up. <laughs> You didn't have a map. You just had a compass. You're like, I think it's <laughs> smartphones. He's an IT guy. Come on. We know all the technology. The sun is setting in the west. Wait, Nicole's like, mm, I don't know. And then she thought about it. She's IT like, he guy? does he get all the technology. Yeah. yeah, he does get all the good new technology. 
So, okay. So I want you guys both to answer about how CrossFit has done so much. We talk so much about body image and women and like what CrossFit has done for women. And you guys are, I just got really big. uh, Why? What do you, what do you going? I want to hear what you're going to say. Yeah. So I want to know too, just, you guys have seen so many women transform probably mentally, physically, spiritually, everything. Um, just that process and I guess where it's going because there's, I feel like there's kind of like this trend of like strong is the new skinny and we like hate that term because we're like, okay, strong is strong. Like there is no body standard of like skinny, strong, what you have to live up to. But we are, we do appreciate that it's celebrated that women can be strong physically, mentally. Right. It's encouraged that you can actually use your body. So I just, I guess I kind of want to get your perspective on that of what you've seen I think more globally than what we've seen, like in our gym, like does that exist on the bigger scale of what you guys have seen? Uh, well, I can jump in on this one, um, for at, at least at our gym. Uh, I think strong as the new skinny was one of those phrases that then led people to believe that to be strong, you had to be bigger. Yes. Right. And I think that, <clears throat> I think there's a disconnect between health and fitness and what you put in your body, what you eat in relation to kind of maybe where, what the type of body image their body type that people see as CrossFitters. And I think that kind of hurts people, right? It can hurt people on both different, uh, on both in, from both directions. So you have someone that, you know, is, is petite, let's say, and they're worried that they're going to bulk up quote unquote, if they lift heavy. But we know that not to be true, right? We know that most of bulking up is done in the kitchen. Um, and we also know you're not going to wake up one day and be like, ah, crap, I bulked up. Right, yeah. exactly. Um, I and just hate my muscles. Exactly. I never saw this coming. And and so, and then on the flip side, I, I think it when you look at someone that, that wants to lose weight, it, it can also play against them and that it justifies like, oh, well, I'm bigger and stronger and I'm stronger because I'm bigger. And so therefore it's okay if I'm a little bit bigger, Yeah. even though my health markers, you know, my, my cholesterol or my body fat percentage or whatever it is might not be in line with health. And so I, I think I've gotten, and I know I've learned this a lot from Cherie is, is really just going back to the drawing board of, and it's a lot of what we talk about in CrossFit of the sick well fitness continuum. If, if your markers are all going toward the fitness side, great. Keep doing what you're doing. But if you've got two markers that are kind of going the other direction, or you think that they help you have one deadlift that's stronger, but everything else, you know, isn't moving toward the right side of that continuum, then we need to address it. And so I think that, you know, body image, I don't, I don't really know where it's going, but I hope that we continue to make health and those health markers and, you know, the GPP fitness, if you will, mm-hmm. the, the standard for what, how we're evaluating people's health and not how we look necessarily. And I, and I know that's obviously a huge part and I'll be the first one to say that, you know, the looks are, are a part of that, but I also think we have to bring in those other pieces. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about that a little bit too, about like, just not giving up, you know, like just cause you say that like, Oh, I, you know, my body image has changed or whatever. Um, it's not that like you, don't care what you look like. And it's, you know, like if you're working towards being an athlete, you want to look like an athlete. Like you want to people bullshit, honestly. Right. Like, like you're I gonna don't care. I care. I like, I know that I've like, I mean, we talk about the zone a lot. I've played with the zone before and I've, 
I've done things on the zone, which I think is going to, are going to help my performance and they don't, but I also don't like the way I look. Right. You know, and I think that those things have to be, you obviously have to play with both of those things. But when people are like, oh, well, I'm, I'm strong now. So I don't care if I've got like really broad shoulders or, or whatever, you know, if you care, you care. Yeah. And, and you can, you can, I, th- I really truly believe you can have it all through CrossFit yeah. if you look at diet and what you're eating and health and fitness. I feel like this might not be a popular opinion, but I think the change is actually coming from men. And with men, they're finding women to be more attractive as they are bigger than maybe society thought 10 years ago. They're seeing muscles, they're seeing legs, you know, not as big of boobs, bigger butt, and they're being attracted to that. And that's the shift that I have seen, you know, being in my 40s from like when I graduated from high school and I needed to be a stick figure for men to be attracted to me. Mm-hmm. And now being a 41-year-old woman where my husband's like, no, please don't lose too much weight. I want you to have a nice big butt. <laughs> and that's that, I think, is the more that we feel. Because I don't care how – we can argue about it all day. Yeah. If a woman doesn't feel attracted f- by whoever it totally. is, whether it's a man or a woman attracted to her, she will not feel good about her body image. And that that's where I've seen the biggest change because I yeah. feel more comfortable – when people think I'm attractive. And I think that all plays, I mean, you can trickle it down a ton of different ways too. If you're confident and wherever you get that confidence from, if you're confident in your body image, you're going to perform better. You're going to Mm -hmm. do better. You're going to be more attracted to your fitness program. All those things fall together. And it's not a black and white answer. There's all these different things that come together. And I think one thing I've seen, we were just finishing up a food challenge right now. That's just, I really think it's like a three or four or five year journey. I know what 10 yes <laughs> yeah put whatever whatever number it is and maybe not from when you you know I know how I ate when I was in high school and and how I I thought about endurance training when I swam in college and all that stuff but it, at least in CrossFit you you start out with a very basic workout and a very basic like I'm just addicted to the workout and then you want to get better at one thing and it tweaks and you kind of move over and then someone's like paleo's the way and zones the way now zone paleo it's a moving target and and a lot of time I think people are always searching for that thing Mm -hmm. and really it's like what are your goals give it some time and then reevaluate and I think a lot of people it's it's hard to do that without knowing like what are you saying not knowing what drives me? Is it that I want to be this physique and I don't care about some of those markers or do I want the markers and here's the physique and here's my partner who's like, I love the way you look and all those things come together. Cause we'll get people commenting still on Facebook on our page and it breaks my heart that they are really hard on themselves and they're still really hard on themselves and they'll just be like, they'll write us like, Oh my gosh, I've tried this and this and this and I still haven't lost weight or I'm wanting to get this and I'm still not there. And they just get, really really down Mm -hmm. and it's like okay this still exists even in the CrossFit community we're always going to deal with that but it's just like I I don't know what to tell them because it's like it's it exists everywhere it's human nature you can't take human nature out of humans it's just not going to work yeah the other thing that I think happens honestly is that when you first start CrossFit you have a ton of really great results you're going to PR every single time and you get it in your head that this is kind of the way the program works Food and and physique, that takes a long time to dial it in. Mm -hmm. And and we are an instant gratification society. We just are. We we read about something and we think, you know, if it doesn't work in a week that somehow it's not working. We're we're doing a zone challenge with the gym and people are doing great. And I'm like, 
they're like, okay, what do I do now? It's been five weeks. So I'm like, keep doing keep it. Keep doing it. Wait yeah. for and, seven more years and then let right. me and come the on into is, my office. Right. And the thing is, is that <laughs> in, you know, in six months. I'll see you in seven. <laughs> yeah. In six months, I can't describe to them with any words that are really going to convince them other than doing it for six months. Yeah. You don't have to be perfect. Ours, ha- the one we're doing right now, you can have two free meals a week, whatever you want. But other than that, you stay in the zone and it just adds up, yeah. you know, in the same way that if you want your back squat to go up, there's no magic squat program. I'm sorry. You know what you need to do? Squat. Squat. Yeah. I need to squat for not a year, not two years, not three years, many, many years. And that's how you realize these gains. Yeah. And right. it's no different when we struggle with food. food. We just, we're, we're humans. We want that instant gratification. And I'm so glad you said that because there is just this mentality. And this is kind of what the vibe I think I'm feeling is like people want the answer to make it, yeah. to make whatever happen. And right, it's we like, get questions. They're like, well, what's the answer? And it's, it's like, just keep doing that stuff, like that continuation of improving and making it better and dialing it in. And I remember the last time you were on the podcast, you said, I think we, one of our listener questions was something like, oh, you know, I miss a rest day and I'm just so guilty about having a rest day. And you were like, people who are guilty about having rest days probably aren't comfortable or good at their diet. That's probably they feel that they have to work out to make up for the shit they're eating. You know, what's funny is on, on staff, sometimes we do these uh, group trainings and we're all together and we'll see each other. And, and I, it's happened at least three or four times. Um, Adrian comes to mind, um, on one of them, but I hadn't seen a couple of these people in a really long time. And I'm like, Oh my God, you look amazing. What are you doing? And they're like, Oh, I'm doing CrossFit three on one off and I'm eating the zone. <laughs> I have a good story on that one. And, but, but you know what I'm talking about? And it's like, you're like, oh, oh. And I'm like, oh, are you doing double days though? Or what about, it? Nope. no, I'm, I'm actually traveling more than I've ever traveled, but I'm just really sticking to the zone and I'm working out three on one off. And you're like, wow, it works if you just do it. And I haven't seen you in six months. And that was the product. Matt said that to coach once. <laughs> what have you been doing? You look great. <laughs> There's <laughs> the ultimate testimony. <laughs> he looked at him and he goes, this thing called CrossFit. A little bit of a little bit of real food, weighing and measuring it. What about you? How you doing? <laughs> but I think that's that's what you want to hear, right? You too. <laughs> but yeah. it was great. Yeah, it was you it don't was perfect. Want that answer. You want like, oh, I I found this great new yeah. program, and I have been like, I have a pill. I have this new like, yeah, this new supplement I'm taking, and it in like consistency. Yeah, yeah. It's always consistency. consistency. But I one of the things I think that people miss the mark on is so. I get the sense that a lot of the people out there that are leaving comments like that think that there's a point at which you've arrived. Right. Yeah. Totally. There's a point at which you're like, I'm totally. done. I did it. Yeah, like, yes, I I've, got it done. This yes. is my recipe. This is, this is a my, human being. This is my after picture. Right. Oh, and yeah. that is never going to happen. Yeah. And if you keep thinking that you're going to get to the place where you've arrived and that's every single person that they look at and they admire does not feel that way. Yeah. They right. still have their own struggles with food or body image or you know, whatever it is inside the, the skills that they're learning, it's just different things. Yeah. And I think people need to remember that doesn't matter who you are. They, we all have it. Yeah. Well, I, I've become sure he knows this. I've become obsessed with this concept of habits. I've been reading all these books on habit formation. Yeah. I find it fascinating right now. Anyways, because it is fascinating. It is, but you know, you get hooked on something. And um, what's the book you're reading? I feel like I saw you post on Instagram. Uh, well, the, the one book. I'm reading now is the power of habit. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of the yeah. most, new Recent. prominent was one a new york bestseller yep it was but but oh. so i've been googling a lot you know at night as you do and anyways the uh one of the things i talk about is that uh with the, with habit formation 
this one, this one recommendation was like, you know, okay, so everyone wants the easy way out. Right. And they were saying, no, when you want to change a habit, you dive, you dive in and you say, no, this is going to be harder than what everyone else is, but the reward is worth it. And I think a lot of times it's, it's almost the exact opposite where we're saying, where a lot of people are saying, well, if I just do it for a bit, then I've arrived. And if you start by saying like, no, I'm never going to arrive. This is just the path that I'm choosing. You just yeah. do this now. This You just do this do now this and right this now, is what you do. And that's yeah. it. And this, this is, is how I am. And this isn't how I am for, f- for two weeks. This is me. This oh, is who I, I am. Yeah. And it's, it is a complete reversal yeah. of how you, you approach it where there's no arrival point. But human nature, this isn't, you know, this is not CrossFit, but just human nature is just like, oh yeah, I'm going to figure this out and then it's going to become habit and I won't have to worry about it. All I can, I can eat ice cream probably three or four days a week because I'll figure everything else out. It's yeah. just not going to work that yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in an overly simplified version would be the difference between like, I'm doing a zone challenge versus like, I am a zone diet eater. Right. Right. There's there. Yeah. There's it's no a challenge. lifestyle versus lifestyle, right? I'm just going to do this and see what results I get. And maybe it'll motivate me to do this for four weeks. But yeah. in the grand scheme of things, look at the, the life span that you have four yeah. weeks is not start somewhere but you can but it's not a significant portion of your totally. life so if you don't choose to make it this a lifestyle you really aren't making a significant change in your life and i feel like it's if true. you do something for less than i mean less than several years honestly but really you know if you're really only willing to get something 30 days or 60 days or 90 days like what spectrum of your life is covered in those 90 days you know are you traveling are you are you going through a crisis are you going through you know and it's like how do you, how can you know what this is going to feel like? And, and that's what somebody tech, or wrote us an email about starting CrossFit. And when I first started CrossFit, I was like, okay, I'm going to give it 90 days. And the thing I said to them was like, you know, give it 90 days so that you can kind of feel like you have good days, you have bad days, you have sore days, you have good days. And then once you get to that, give it 90 more days. So then you're like, okay, now I know what good days and sore days and bad days feel like. And so I'm going to take that information and kind of see then how it works into my life. And like, and then maybe after six months decide whether or not you like it, but like anything less than that, I feel like, and that's true. I feel like with anything, if you only do it for a couple of weeks, unless, you know, you just, you know, obviously there are those moments where you just have a visceral reaction to something like, Nope, that's not me. But like beyond that, I feel like it's so hard to make a judgment call. Cause like, you don't know how that's going to change you. You don't know all the different things that are going to go, have to go into that. Totally. And I, I mean, I think the other thing is, you know, right now, if you think of, if I think of the things that I know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life, you know, I'm, I love my husband. I love my husband for the rest of my life. I'm going to CrossFit till I'm 85 years old. Yeah. And I think that you, I'll have you at 86. What's that? I'll have you at 86. Well, I'm just okay, kidding. fine. Go on. I'm going to live till I'm like 95 because <laughs> I'm doing the zone, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Liz, I'm going to, good thing they were organic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, when you get to that point where you've done something for so long and you've been through ups and downs with, within it and you've constantly been brought back to center of do CrossFit, be consistent, you know, you, you just start to, it starts to be very clear of what yeah. you're supposed to well, do. And that's when it starts to truly have an impact on your health too. Right. I mean, when I started CrossFit, I had a resting heart rate of 88, not a joke. I had a, is that bad? I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I had a uh, blood pressure of average about 130 over 180, like pretty normal, pretty skinny girl. Wait, 130 over 180. Sorry, 130 over about oh, 80. I was like, 90. oh god. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, that's- that, I was dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. She had an opposite blood. And I was like uh, 120 pounds ish, give or take a little bit. Um, so I was what you know people look at and they're like oh my gosh she's so healthy she climbs all the time runs all the cl- like ran five miles a day usually right, like loved running park, like all totally healthy and- but you looked under the hood and that wasn't healthy eight years later i have a resting heart rate of 40 
I have a uh, blood pressure 110 over 70, way bigger, you know, than what you're way bigger. I am. I'm 25 pounds heavier. So it is bigger when you talk about image, right? But the reality is like that change didn't actually occur under the hood for over five years. It didn't happen in four weeks. Like it's such a slow incremental change to be able to get your body to become healthy again, that if you think it's going to happen in four weeks, you're just, you're, you're kidding yourself. Like how long did it take to get there? Didn't take four weeks to get unhealthy. Took 25 years or whatever it is. Well, and also I think it's one thing to, you know, lose a couple inches, but like to have your organs adapt and have your metabolic processes adapt, like that is a super long, super complicated process. Oh Yeah really long and especially if you're somebody who's been about dieting a lot throughout the, your life and you have metabolic damage of some kind it's like to undo that is going to take if you can undo it it's going to take forever well you were talking about that when we when i took my level one is like how long it took you to get to that point if you're healthier like so like let's say you're you're like your mother-in-law is really really sick right and then so when she gets sick she's just going to be sicker so when you're really really healthy you just kind of move a little bit to you're still like somewhat healthy but it's like it took that person that long to get sick and stay sick but once you're healthy you 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 bounce back a little bit you bounce back a lot, a lot faster well and that's right. what i was thinking about well, I, mean, I don't know miraculously if, really miraculously yeah. i don't know if you experienced this nicole but i would like i've you know i've as i've been telling more, more and more people i'm pregnant people are everyone's their first question is like oh my gosh were you really sick and it's like no i really wasn't and i think the reason is that i was so healthy when i started that when those changes happened my body could cope with it and, you know, it was like, excuse like, me, I'm just peeing in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> we got some wanderers. That is so funny. So we have someone who's like filling their water, their water bottles. bottles. <laughs> decided to squat. <laughs> yeah, um, she just couldn't hold it. So no, well, I think that's definitely true. And I, I know I, I feel like an ass whenever I say that because people be like, oh, did you have morning sickness? And I, and I say no, but I, I stuck to eating right. the same foods. And I can't remember what I was talking about recently, but, you know, you've got compounded hormones and hormones are directly, you know, our food directly affects our hormonal response. And now you put bad food in there and totally. you can have, I think, two or three times the reaction. <laughs> um, right. If you I get remember, a positive pregnancy test and you're like, oh, cookie dough it is. Yeah. Like, well, I, I do absolutely agree with that. But at the same time, I think that sometimes that puts the wrong message out to women that can't stay so strict and so disciplined. Oh, totally. I mean, I'm definitely not eating zone every single day. You know, like I've been in grad school and maybe working out once or twice a week, but I think like, you know, I still do. I'm definitely not a strict lifestyle. I'm definitely not nearly as strict, you know, as a lot of people. And I, but still having that focus of like being in a kind of more on the, just the healthy side of the spectrum. Right. And it's like, I'm, I'm not, you know, my, my, like, if you think of that spectrum as like a fuel gauge, my tank is definitely not full, but it's also definitely not empty. Right. And so like, you know, I may have had a little bit of a harder time than someone who is significantly more fit or like, you know, I was exhausted and I had, I definitely had some things, but I didn't get sick. And I think, you know, a lot of thing, a lot of that I credit to being healthy in the first place so that when I did have hormonal changes, when I did have things happen or even when I did feel a little bit sick, it was like, I can cope with this. Like I can do this. This is fine. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that, but I think that trickles down. It's not just being pregnant. That's everybody. Oh, totally. You know, like, like Sheree and I've been there thousands of times where you're, you know, coming home from a gig at like 11 o'clock at night and you're walking through the airport and you're kind of, well, you're alone and you're kind of tired 
and you're a little I'm curious if you'll make it home alive. Hungry. You're curious if you're going <laughs> to like, remember mm, where you parked your car and you walk by the little stand and it's like chocolate. I could just have a bar of chocolate right now. <laughs> it's right in front of me. And, and then you, you know, you text your friend and you're like, are you, eat did you, did you right just now? get off the Do plane you too? Eat chocolate right now? <laughs> where are you? Chocolate? No and, one and, would have but to that's know. The, no I guess that's know. the thing is like, yes, sometimes you're going to eat the chocolate, but honestly, most of the time you're not. Yeah. And those decisions amount that's your five-year plan you know that that you didn't do those things and and that is what really comes together where yeah when you get pregnant you don't feel as sick or when you have a really shitty month of your life you don't fall as far from the place that you started from and and that's just well that's habit that is habit so it is the power of habit so do you guys ever like (laughs) and that was our book review by nicole christensen (laughs) do you guys ever get in ruts Many ruts. Are you kidding? Yeah. Life is about getting God. out of so, ruts. Here's the deal on ruts. Let's hear it. <laughs> if you don't have ruts, life is not going to be spectacular mm-hmm. because you can't have amazing without having shitty. Mm-hmm. And so enjoy your ruts. Like love your ruts and be like grateful for them. Snuggle down to that. Yeah. Rut. You're going to come out of them and you're going to be like, damn, that was good. Whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. So yes, yes everybody has ruts. I, I, anybody that, that says that they're comfortable. Right. Anybody that says they don't have ruts is full of shit. Yeah. Well, and I'm going off of like the comments that we constantly get yeah. on our Facebook page and our emails or what have you. It's like, oh, I'm in a rut. What do I do? And it's just like, love it. Let's love just it. Dive right Deal. in. That was your answer from now on. Yeah. Love it. Love just it. Enjoy it. Have it. I mean, there's read kind of this weird expectation. I think that, you know, social media is great, but you read, you know, you follow motivation mafia or you, totally. you know, follow these things. And all of a sudden you get this idea that like every day has to be spectacular. Yep. Every day is amazing. Oh my God. You know, it's off the charts quote, and you PR morning. every day yeah. and you eat perfectly and the sun always shines. And I'm and so all that in stuff. love with my husband. Totally. I mean, He's my and best friend. It, it's a false, <laughs> it's a false reality that then we, we somehow think that that, that is what we're supposed to do. And really, you know, I know that at least for me in the past, like, two years kind of I think you know when Sheree was having the gym crisis and figured her stuff I was having a very similar crisis that we would you know in terms of balancing work and life and yeah it's interesting because the the opposite of of being at your gym all the time and working all the time and doing all that stuff is actually downtime and then what do you do with that time downtime then all of a sudden you kind of feel like you're in a rut and like life seems a little bit boring and I don't know. It's, I, it's, I'm not really articulating what I'm trying to say very well, but it's, it's really just that you have to understand the place that you're in and be okay with it. And I think if you have that expectation that every day has to be spectacular, you're setting yourself up to be disappointed. And I think that goes back to the thing you said too, about like, you know, when you start CrossFit, you're PRing every day, you're like, everything's amazing. You're losing weight and you're, everything's getting better all the time. And you get to a point, especially as a, you know, a CrossFitter who's only been doing it for a year or two years that like, that's the norm. And then when that, tapers off you're like am i in a rut what am i doing what you don't wrong? ever you don't ever want to wish yourself to be in a rut right because nobody ever wants that right but i've never learned anything from spectacular not the same way i've learned from the bad places i've been in and i'm only who i am because of the bullshit i've gone through and if i'd never gone through any of that stuff i don't think that i would be the same coach that i am the same friend that i am the same wife that i am and people like you just sometimes you just need to be okay with it and matt thinks i'm a little crazy because when we fight I'm like excited about it because I'm like, yes, the sex is gonna be great for a while, <laughs> right? This is gonna be good, right? Yes. Like, let's just keep fighting. Let's just come on, just, get it, like, yell at me, just yell at me. And he's like, you're a fucking lunatic. 
<laughs> we established that at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, you know. I like this but, girl. <laughs> but it's true, right? Like yeah. if you don't have those moments where you're failing to get your muscle up and yeah. you can't stick to the diet and you're fighting with the ones that you love, then you don't have those wonderful moments of, hey, I truly trust you as a friend because I can be honest with you. We can go through, through some bullshit together. Like Nicole and I have done that many times where we've been like, all right, let's just be honest with each other right here. And this is really uncomfortable and I don't like this and this hurts and it feels a lot like a rut. But if we get through it, guess what? We're going to be stronger and happier. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that applies to everything. Yeah. Yes. And I think also too, Trey brings up a big point there is ruts are fixed by addressing them or the root of it. Right. So you can be in a rut and you can say like, man, I, you know, I just feel like I'm in a training rut. There's probably a reason why, Yeah, you know, it's like open your eyes and figure it out. Exactly. And that figuring it out part is I think what a lot of people don't do necessarily. And it's, and it's, ah, it's, let's be honest. They know what it is. And I don't mean this negatively to anybody listening, but we all know what it is and we just don't want to look at it and well, look right. at it in the mirror yes. and we don't want to face we can, it. We, we, it might be subconscious or conscious, but yeah, we're absolutely not acknowledging it's it. That, I think it's the answers outside of myself, not right. within myself. Right. Yeah. It's always right there. And yeah. you know, I was reading, well, I was reading another blog, the power of habit. And it again? was, no, this wasn't <laughs> the, uh, what's that? The power of habit again. Yes. The power of habit. It is a great no, book. I'm not, I was reading I'm a different book, but this one was talking about how, uh okay it's a little it's a little cheesy i'm in a little cheesy reading phase right now but great um it's talking about three things you weren't allowed to say for a day so or do so you're not allowed to complain i like that lie or Mm, that'd be hard they said bend the truth basically can't complain lie or bend the truth is what they said and then there was one other one and of course i haven't read this carefully enough but even the complain one i was like today it was today i was like i'm not going to complain about anything and then it's just amazing how it like changes your perspective on stuff. So you get in a rut and then what do you do? Tend, tend to do. You complain about the rut and then you complain about all the stuff around the rut and all of a sudden you're like this deep dark hole. Yeah. You're like, this sucks. It's yeah. Stupid. So I'm I actually leaving. was thinking about with the coaches, uh, I think like, I don't know, next Monday or something, just head on an email at 530 and be like, as of today, if you do any complaining about anything for the next 24 hours, you will have to do, you know, some massive amount of burpees. And you can't you complain about the burpees. Cake. Oh, that's true because we're all in this zone challenge. <laughs> So that would mess up your cake every time you complain. (laughs) The beauty of not, I've done that before too. I saw that somewhere and I took some time off and I think it was like a 30 day challenge of not complaining. And it was so fun to complain on the 31st day because if you realize (laughs) it's really not fun anymore if you do it all the time. No, it's not. But if you only do it every once in a Mm. while, it's actually quite fun. So you could have like a complaining cheat day. Yeah. And it's kind of, and you're not really complaining anymore because you don't have that personality of I complain about everything every day. Yeah. It's more like. You're airing your grievances. Yeah. It's, it becomes more like gossip. I'm going to try that. I'm, I'm going to do it for, I'm going to do it. I can't do 30 days. I'm going to do a day on and a day off. Can't. That's another thing. I think that was I the know. third thing that the book oh. said that you're missing. <laughs> oh, that's it. I can't remember. No. <laughs> you shouldn't so say no. can't. There was one that my brother and sister-in-law did where they both wore just a hair tie on their wrist. And every time they complained, they switched the hair tie to the other wrist just to make them aware of when they were doing it. So, okay. So I love those things except for, okay. Are you complaining right now? No. Okay. Just I'm making an observation. you accountable. I don't remember. Oh. Wait, you don't remember? Like, I don't remember how to keep that stuff in the, in the, like. He can come beyond. I'll say something. He wants to add something. You know what I mean? 
or I'll yeah. do something. And then I would never remember to switch the hair tie. And then I'd be like, oh crap, they switched the hair tie. And then I'd feel now guilty. Now you're stressed about the hair about tie. About not switching the hair tie. <laughs> like this is too many you see what? Too many steps. <laughs> Processes. That's Systems. It's funny. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. I want to tie up with some cheesy questions. I just want to know how much fun it is to announce at uh, the open announcements <laughs> to do the uh well, she's really good at it. Commentary. You, we like have this thing where like you need to do all of it because you're so good at Could it. Could you tell the world that for me? It, tell my like, bosses that. Like please. all of it. We are gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna well, write a very strong. Girls word Gone Wild is the voice of CrossFit. Girls Gone Wild letterhead. We're very yeah. official. We're so See, official. It's very stressful. I, I love it and I feel grateful because it's not an opportunity that many people get. So I feel very, very grateful that it f- sort of like. How did that fall into place, by the way? Um. I'm going to give credit where credit's due, Rory. Rory and I have been friends for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of knowing the right person. Mm-hmm. And they wanted some females who had games experience. And so at the time, I happened to fall into those two categories. I had games experience and I knew the right people. And, you know, I already worked for HQ. What year did you go to the games? 2011 and 2008, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but eight doesn't count, right? <laughs> but... <laughs> Totally. It's more of a it's more of a history note that it is really yeah it's yeah (laughs) anything else, but um it's it's super fun. It's extremely stressful because when you watch it afterwards and you kind of try to review yourself, you can think of all the other things that you should have said that would have made much more sense and uh, been much more elegant. (laughs) Well, if it makes you feel better, you are still making a lot more sense than a lot of the other commentating. Oh my god! I love that you actually like feel like you like you comment the things that you say about the workouts. They make sense and they're like logical conclusions to make yeah, about the it's movement. It's like, <laughs> I, she's, and you're always like, this is what they're feeling and yeah, thinking right now. Doing. And last year they did da 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 da. And we're like, she knows. But then everything. sometimes you have the commentators who are talking about an athlete and they say the wrong name. Or they're talking about. <laughs> I've move. done that before. I or, feel so like, bad. I feel horrible. Like every time the person comes up, they call them the wrong thing. Mm. Or like they call a move the wrong move. And it's like, do you do CrossFit? <laughs> <laughs> I'm confused. Yeah. So it's anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring. Yeah. We're a fan. Uh, we have an announcement announcer boot camp, and and quite frankly, it's gone from a very big group of people down to yeah. a very small group of people. Um, Just can't handle the pressure. No, no. I think it's because of exactly what you said. Like they were kind of like it, it was so new. Like CrossFit's not a media, yeah. You know, company. It's no. a fitness company, yeah. and so to try to learn how to be media and fitness together, I think there's a huge learning scale there. Yeah. Yeah. But um. So we've got like 10 of us that are going to a boot camp and I'll, I'll, I'll can you put it in a note to, to change the questioning at the, um, the, the cool down show, the cool down show. <laughs> can we just, can I just make that request? Done. Okay. Done. Take that no one names. straight. Please never books. ask anyone no, if they that think one that they be, could have gone faster. That yeah. Don't ask them if they deserve by Dave, to be but here. Yeah. <laughs> do you think you deserve to be here? <laughs> like, what does that mean? He's like, do I deserve to be on earth? Like, right. like <laughs> I am a child of the universe. What are you trying to say to me? So it oh, all no, began I don't. I'm not worthy. I had an organic M&M. Thing. Does that make me worthy? <laughs> oh my God. Now I'm crushing my whole self. I got to go journal. I got to go read The Power of Habit, BRB. It is really hard to, uh, if you haven't prepared question-wise, to come up with some questions oh, yeah. that sound like intelligent right. and like don't right sound like... This whole podcast? Like hey. Whole po- <laughs> questions. I don't think that's cheesy. Those were cheesy at all. Um, Nicole goes on the desk which I think is even harder because it's a longer show for the yeah, other yeah, show yeah, yeah. she's left to see times. you yeah they have they to look do. at her they have to look at me which is just but you look fabulous like you get your hair all <sighs> there was one time where the makeup artist really went over the top I had that a couple times too and you're oh. like stop touching me yeah but <laughs> I will punch yeah. you but this got bad <laughs> I was like I am not going out on the town for the night 
Um, yeah, I, some well, money. I don't know. It's all relative. I mean, it's when you can talk about something that you really love talking about, it, it definitely makes it easier. And then I think that just a lot of the preparation that, you know, Cherie's done over the years and that I've done for working on the level ones and lecturing just lends itself to that a little bit. Um, and You're more comfortable health. strangely, I, I think Nicole has liked to talk her whole life. Shocking. And um, <laughs> I, as I have as well. So why that is a BFFs. quality, yes, yeah. that we both were able to bring into our current careers. Which is fantastic because I was really bored at my other one, um, my cubicle. But no, the... Um, Nobody to talk to. The, it's interesting, though, because, I mean, I know that... I know that Cherie, when I listen to Cherie, I think she's one of the most fabulous commentators that, that we see that comes on the air on CrossFit. I agree. Um, I do think it's interesting when you look at some of the comments, whether it's on youtube or whether it's on you know different i don't know if you you look very much just at don't some of the read comments. comments ever well but what's interesting is that you know that critical thought that you want to come i think i know this is gonna sound shitty but i think it just gets less respected when it comes from a female and yeah. um i know that you know she's got a very critical mind and she can she the stuff she says is absolutely right but if it's your favorite athlete, you don't want to hear them say something about them like that. And I, it's just interesting. It's, you know, as the sport grows and as I do not, feel bad. I crushed like Emily Bridger's form a little bit at the open. I remember, but you were right. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how she's going to sustain this. Like she just doesn't look as good as M Michelle does, <laughs> but I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't wrong on the form, not the but I've been wrong. But point Strangely. is more just, you know, as, as, as the commentating grows, as the media stuff does grow, yeah. you, know, you don't want to be, part, you don't, you want to be able to go on and say what's going on and, and what, what the athletes are actually going through in a real way. Like, Hey, he went out too fast. That's why he lo lost that. Yeah. And, and in the beginning of CrossFit media, it was much more rah, rah, rah. And I think that as it's coming on now, there, we're just, everything's getting more in depth. Yeah. And, and even the update show this year, I was so impressed with so many of the things that they did, which was true analysis. Um, so it'll be neat. The analysis stuff is way more fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah way more fun. Yeah. So what do you think about, okay, we were almost out of time, but I have like two more questions. So what do you think though about how, um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting her name. The, the cute girl that does the, um, like Kiki. strategy. Kiki. No, not no. Kiki. Oh, I love her. She's the cutest. Gold booty shorts. That gold was booty amazing. Shorts. Um, those were pretty those hot. Those were pretty hot. Kiki, if you're listening, those were hot. Those yeah. Were with the hot. plaid shirt. I was there. Ugh, what a combo. In the stadium. <laughs> she yeah. probably was trying to impress you. She probably was like, yeah. Nicole, I'm going to raise In the building. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Cutie Patootie, who does the like the strategy for the for the open workout. You mean our boss, Nicole Carroll? Yes, thank yes. you. <laughs> Whose voice is like so meditative. She and it's has like, like, she yes, has like the you. most calming like, meditative voice and you're like, and you're like, and now you go into a trance. You mean the female that, that went ahead and, and sparked a revolution <laughs> yes. of women all over the world that with the girl. nasty girl videos back in 2004? Yes, exactly. Who, yeah. Like I, the cutie patootie that she is though. I mean, <laughs> the number one female leader in the fitness industry. Yeah. Um, I her. hope that, just, what do we think about her? No, no, no. no. I, Can you tell how I feel about we, her, by the way? Because we She's love amazing. her, but yes. Because you have a shrine No, we have this heart. thing where, like, every time she talks about the, the open workout and the strategy, yeah, would, we're like, uh, She's singing you a lullaby of CrossFit. But, but, so but my, like, I feel she so is. calm about this workout my, all of a sudden because before I was, like, pooping my pants by these thrusters. <laughs> and now I feel like, oh, I can do this. I can do. You're right, Nicole. Yeah. Let's Everybody, all. go. No, the funny thing is she doesn't coach that way, though. 
She's no. much really? more aggressive in her yeah. coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. So, it's so great. Yeah. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I just could listen to that all day, like a meditation. Um, <laughs> so my question is, we were joking during the open of like, you can have all this strategy and then when the clock starts, you're like, fuck. <laughs> it's like, like yeah, gone. right? So, I mean, how much of that do you really, really try to dial in and then how much do you just like, I, I don't think know. with what like some people are like I'm gonna breathe one in. <laughs> oh, there's a ton yeah, of strategy. Well, there's a shit ton of strategy. I think, but what I was gonna go to Nicole like with Nicole giving those strategies. I think what's really brilliant about what she's doing is she's allowing people to have ways to be successful that mm-hmm. they wouldn't have thought of before because maybe they're not surrounded by people who've been there and done it and this and have that knowledge sure. that she has. Yeah, because I know that sometimes she thinks the things she's saying are too simple. Um, but it's not to the mass audience, you know, because she's been around it for so long. It is simple to her. It is something she'll think about when she goes to do a workout. Right, but, it's automatic. For yeah, her. but it's allowing them to think about things in a way that's going to make them successful. And that's yeah. why I think that portion is pretty brilliant. Oh, and absolutely. I think also, too, though, this is, you know, with the scale divisions this year and things like that and the depth of the of the field. In, in past years, you could, you know, I felt like there was one strategy that was recommended and everybody followed it. Yeah. But th- it was almost like the, the breadth of, of the skill level was smaller. And now we do need, we do need a bigger, broader recommendation of how to approach these workouts. And then sure, you know, whether it's the master's qualifier, whether it's the open, I'm not going to tell a lot of athletes the same exact thing. Yeah. And Nicole did a really nice job in those of keeping it to the masses like Sherry was saying and yeah there's going to be more specific stuff someone's going to be like oh, i'm going to breathe in two and out one i'm right gonna yeah have and a that, metronome I mean, that was, for my burpees or whatever i think hers were so dialed in and perfect for the masses but i think i'm talking about too like the million videos that come out that night right. of like this is how you should approach it and exactly I'm like, and the thing about those is they're all fantastic yeah if they're for the person that's at the right skill level for right. that yep. recommendation right and to be able to do it and knowing their strength and weakness i have and a weaknesses. contention with them unless that person has been doing crossfit for a long time and my contention is you don't know until you've done it and when i say my con- twice if, right um, but the reality is like, the, I can give people the thought that yes, we, you, you know, if you've been doing it a long time, you know what a workout's going to feel like and you have a good strategy to get into it. But when I see a good time, I'm talking about five plus years of consistent CrossFit workouts. I don't know very many of those that come out where that person behind the, the microphone has had that kind of experience to be able to give that kind of dictation. Nicole's the first person I've seen do that yeah you know she's got 10 plus years and I think the thing that's great about her too is like I think back to like the very first time I ever started driving you know the very first time with my perm I ever had and I was driving down the road and my dad was just narrating here's what you need to start thinking about like okay you see the stoplight up there you're starting to look at that and wonder is it about to turn yellow you see that crosswalk up there you're looking at for pedestrians crossing and I feel like it's almost that kind of a thing with with CrossFit when you hear her recommendations you're like oh this is how I should be thinking about it like these are the these are the issues I should try to be spotting and so in that sense it's almost like it's helping you build the skill as well to make those strategies for yourself for sure yeah. yeah. But spotting. the strategies are Hashtag helpful. I mean, definitely helpful. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and her voice. So meditative. So meditative. So calming. Hey, if you soothing. don't have a muscle up, just give it a try. Yeah. She's so cute. It's going to be a great time. I just, I want to talk to her. Just like, just talk to me. I don't care what you say. It's <laughs> the greatest voice. It's like the, she's like the Morgan Freeman of CrossFit. Oh. <laughs> tell her that. Sure. She is the Morgan Freeman of CrossFit. All right. And then last but not least, what do the coaches talk about? Um, what do the level one staff talk about at lunch? 
<laughs> at lunch? At lunch they work out. So you're probably talking about dinner. Okay, dinner. Yeah. What um, do you guys do? All the things that are inappropriate to, because it's a circle of trust. Inappropriate. Yes. Yeah. It is a circle of trust. That's all I want to um, know. That's, but the reality is, is like, <laughs> that's all I need. quite to frankly, what it's been like a lot is like, hey, how's Harriet? What's going on at home? Like just genuinely catching up with each other is yeah. really the most of what it is. Yeah. Um, if you happen to be the only female in a group of guys, there's going to be a lot of talking about working out. Nothing but. Their squat, um, how big their squat is, yep. what they did that helped. How much theirs. they ate the night before. Yeah. How much they <laughs> ate that morning. So pretty much exactly what you How they expect. slept. Yep. Yeah. Any um, group of guys that get together that do CrossFit ever. Well, I mean, I would say, I don't know, on average... Not so much anymore, but a while ago it used to be one female and then four or five male trainers. Yeah, when Nicole and I first got on staff, you were the only female when you were on staff, and it was all guys all the time. Wow. So and you old, you demoed everything too, which is actually kind of cool. I kind of think it was cool that I was they, way fitter than they did that. I was too because I was demoing every weekend. So you get basically went to dinner and you sat and listened to a bunch of guys talk all night long, and you're like, yeah, yeah. love yeah, you guys. This is awesome. It is interesting. I think. How about how does it make you feel? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. totally. Yeah, we, we have a couple guys on staff that would answer that question now. <laughs> <laughs> just made me really feel like a man. I have emotions. Yeah, right. All right, I have one more question. Yeah. What is and this, then I swear we're done. Yeah, and then I swear we're, we're done. done. What is this the single most valuable piece of advice you've gotten as an athlete? I should have led with this question earlier so you could have thought about it. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think it's advice, but when I think of myself as an athlete, I don't always look at the CrossFit world. Um, I think of other things that have been really hard, generally climbing or long distance type stuff. And I think the things that I have faced in life that have potentially shown me that life is short have been the things that have allowed me to perform my best, you know? And so that's, that's why recently I got a, like a time clock and a, and a skull on my arm because I can look at it and like, if I'm really scared and I'm a thousand feet up and I just don't want to do it and I'm just scared, I'd be like, fuck it. Life's short. Just go. Trust yourself. Mm-hmm. I think probably mine leads more to coaching, but I know that when I was, uh, I was doing, I don't know, I was looking at just coaching in general and why I loved coaching and things like that. And thinking about the coaches that I had worked with, it was, it was kind of that mentality from them or just this belief that I had from them that they really thought I could do anything. And, and just were a hundred percent confident in me. And I kind of saw that as like, as I would work with more coaches or I had a couple of different people that coached me through CrossFit and every doubt that I ever had, it was like, they would always shock me or it was like, well, you're going to get that or you're going to do this. And it was just a good, I don't know if it was something that I learned as an athlete, but it was more that helped me apply to coaching where I don't think it was distant or not genuine what they were, what they were saying, yeah. because now I look at my athletes and I do look at them and I'm like, well, you're going to get this handstand push up in a month. And they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, no, I, I really, and I do, I honestly truly know that and believe that. And so it's just, it's been a good tool to kind of be able to use that with athletes, but it's also a good reminder that you, I've been on both sides now. And so yeah. how do you make sure that you're encouraging your athletes and giving them the best possible arena to do things but also making it an environment where they believe you 
<laughs> so you know, yeah, where you're not just like like I've they I think I've told you. the story. I know I've told the story ten times on the podcast. One of our coaches, I don't even have strict ring dips. I have like sometimes one strict pull up, and he's like, "You're gonna get a muscle up tonight." And I'm like, "That's so cute that That's you think cute that, that you think but that, it's but physically <laughs> impossible <laughs> tonight for me to do that. <laughs> like every in my life, fine tonight. Nope, not yeah. gonna happen. <laughs> I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head if we're going for the coaching aspect, and that has to do with whatever you're putting in front of your athlete has to be realistic for them to trust you in the long haul. Yeah. Right. So if we put, if you put something in front of them that they actually can do, or they are going to achieve in a month time in a short amount of time, they will trust you Yeah. because it isn't something that's so far from their ability. That's kind of a bit of an art of coaching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's also just, you know, when people believe in you and people want to have confidence in you, that's you, that's where you're going to perform the best, you know? And there are a lot of different styles of coaching out there and things like that, but I know just from my personal experience as an athlete, the best I ever performed was when I was in an environment where I just felt that I had all the confidence from the coach that I was working with, and it's just a good reminder when you're when you're coaching athletes and they're, you know, struggling. Yeah. So. Well, we went way over, so thank you guys for <laughs> thank you guys for hanging in with us. Yeah, and thank you for being. Thanks on for the having podcast. us. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. So much fun. Yeah, yeah. it was we, super fun. We thank have you. to come back and do this again. <laughs> we'll actually come back and do like, a workout one of these days. Yeah, yeah, we should. Yeah. when we're like not, you know, <laughs> not growing humans. Pregnant. I mean, yeah, exactly. whatever. PregRx. It's it's <laughs> getting the home stretch. So. Did you say PregRx? That's what I said. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cute. All right. Thank you again. All right. Guys. Thanks, guys. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Bye. Bye.